Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 118. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church and beyond. In this episode, we'll be mainly looking back on month two and acts songs in the 12 Song Challenge and setting a new challenge for March. Welcome, hi, Sam. Hi, 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 hi. You're dressed like a minion today. I literally am dressed like a minion. I've got my, this is my painting overalls. Which is some blue, this is such a true story. I bought myself some, some blue denim dungarees on Vinted. I just yeah. thought, this is never going to happen in my life. When am I ever going to buy blue, blue, I don't know what I'm saying, blue. Why am I, when am I ever going to buy myself denim dungarees? So I thought, this is it. This is your opportunity, Joel. Buy them and use them for decorating. So I did. Oh, you should just wear them around the house. They look, uh, they look cool. You look like... Um... I've, I've, I've got a yellow jumper on, TV so. presenter. Yeah, I do. yeah. <laughs> that's right. I do. I, I, I admire and appreciate your attire as well today, Sam. It's quite, oh, com- no. it quite comfy. It's yeah. I bought this jumper maximum um, um, warmth. Welcome to a podcast all about songs. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to apart from buying jumpers for warmth? Oh, it's a bit busy at the moment. Um, we're finishing off our whole church worship resource and our six-track EP, which yes. Weeks has done oh, the mixing for you, us. You, you weeks it. You went down the weeks route. Yeah, put a mix in, and cool. uh, and and then he's sending it off to Nathan Fellingham for the mastering. So lovely lunar sound. Hopefully, they can cover over all of our problems with a bit of jiggery pokery. Is it Luke Fellingham uh, does the mastering? Yes. Yeah. Who's Nathan Fellingham? Is that his brother? I'm pretty sure. No, I think it's Nathan. Is it? Okay. All right. Well, edit that out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Leave it in. Carry on. Um, some Fellingham, not yeah. Lou. I don't think. All day. Um, no. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we went to Exeter and did a couple of events there. Uh, yep. Did a thing for the diocese and then did a thing for a church called um, Belmont Exeter. Is Andrew Murray still large in Exeter Diocese? Or? No, I think no. he's moved on. Okay. I think he's retired. Yeah, fair enough. But um, yeah, it was, it was really good. Uh, had a great time. I'm a bit tired now. I'm really, really busy at the moment. So oh, mate. I know. slightly running on fumes. I know that one. Well, we'll try not to keep you for too long. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's keep going. Let's crack on. <laughs> How about you? What have you been up to? Well, I, um, I'm, I'm on a week off at the moment, laying floor in my house, mm. which is why I look like a minion um, but one of the big things we've done in this last week which is kind of fun and exciting and I'd love to just slightly explain it to the world at large is we've done this big giveaway with Jubilate um, mm. so you know we did uh, alongside the Resound album we also did a thing called Journey to Resurrection which was um, Journey to Resurrection so obviously Holy Week yeah. um, through to Easter yeah. Sunday with Jubilate and Jubilate is the kind of sister organisation to Resound and is a little bit more on the Hemi crossover end of things. Um, and so we did all this work and put in all this effort, which included you know getting completely exhausted. And then we put it out there. And then the, the, I said a bit about this last time, didn't I? It's, it's often quite disappointing when you release something because yeah. you just think, oh, anyone, anybody? And it, <laughs> they're usually slow burners a little bit, and and you know like Doxicology is still 
you know, it was, it was still relevant now, and that was a few years ago and so on. But with the Easter thing, I was chatting with Chris Juby, uh, I don't know, about three or four weeks ago, and um, Chris, is, we're just taking Chris on as our, he's in an expanded role as head of publishing, which is really exciting. Whoop, whoop. Um, he's great. And um, we were talking about this collection, and with Easter coming up, he just said, what, given that we've only got a few weeks, why don't we just give it away? Yeah. What? Actually, no, I wasn't like that. I was instantly, that's really good. I've always wanted to give stuff away. How could we yeah. make this work? And the reasoning really was, well, we could sell it and, you know, we, we don't, we never make the money back on the recordings and the music we produce. Yeah. Um, or we could say the point of making this is so that people have it in their churches for Easter. And, you know, especially for Good Friday and things like that, we're always looking for a new yeah. piece or something. It would be so much better for everyone to have it than yeah. for everyone to not have it and us have a few more pounds. So yeah. we decided we'd have a go, and so we've mm. given it away. So we we sort of posted Brilliant. it in all in various different places. Um, yeah, and so it's really exciting. It's quite sort of exhilarating getting ready for it, cool. and then kind of putting it out there. And when you do a giveaway. It's not quite such a tumbleweed moment. <laughs> Suddenly, everyone's into it. Everyone's your friend. Yeah, so it's really good. I'm, I will, I'm really interested to see what happens because let, let's be really honest about this. There's actually, it's not just foolishness giving it away. It's kind of savvy as well in the sense that there's, you know, truthfully, there's more money in the CCLI use than there is in yeah. a thousand Spotify plays. So yeah. why don't... Surely it's just much better to get, if that's what the songs are for, and if you need yep. to cover your costs, well, the best way of doing that is people singing them in church, and then yeah. it's a kind of double whammy. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really intrigued to see how it pans out. We won't know for a year or so until we kind of see the returns and and are able to look back across the year and so on. But mm. it's pretty good, isn't it? It's excellent, really good. Yeah, um, I've been organising uh, some more concerts. So we're going to be in Derby on the fifteenth of March, and in Woodhouse Eves, which is next to Loughborough, on the sixteenth of March, doing sort of mini concerts with down, Downcast Souls, Expectant Hearts, um, and we're planning a sort of big, a series of big concerts. And by big concerts, I mean full band, lights, PA extra musicians, all the gubbins, Orchestra, kind of showcase dancers, dancers tambourinists, showcase bears. bears, yeah, all that sort of thing. Um, so we're looking for places to take those and we've been working on getting some subsidies towards that so that we can sort of do kind of big show. I mean, mm. big show, it's not like a take that stadium gig, but <laughs> look at what my reference point is. Gosh, <laughs> why didn't I go for Rolling Stones then? Should have gone for Rolling Stones. Way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> the last the last big stadium gig I went to was take that. I think. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um I can't remember what I'm saying. Anyway, so Big concerts. Yeah, May, November. We're looking for churches to host those and particularly looking for churches where they would be able to gather people from other churches around about the place and so on. Um so Brilliant. excited about taking this stuff out to people. Shall we welcome Andrew Finden and Elise Massa to the podcast. Hey! Yes. Hey, hi. Hey, hi, both of you. Good to see you. Uh, quickly remind us where you are, Andrew. Uh, I'm in Karlsruhe in southwest Germany. Cool. Nice. And, and I'm in Durham, England. 
Beautiful. Um, neither of you sound German or English. It's very suspicious, <laughs> this. <laughs> um, uh, so, we're going to review the Acts Challenge month. And I th- rather than me say lots of stuff, let's just jump in and see what sort of feedback. Andrew, how have you perceived things or experienced things this month? Um, so, personally, I found it actually quite a difficult challenge, um, surprisingly, because I kind of always assume that when we write from a book of the Bible, it's kind of easy because it's kind of, you've got lots of stuff there. You don't have to think of anything, really. You just have to, you know, shape it. But Acts is so full of narrative. Mm. Um, you know, when when we take the Gospels and the teaching of Jesus or, you know, in the epistles, it's kind of more straightforward what's being taught. Yeah. Whereas in the narratives, you kind of have to figure that out a bit. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, turning that into a song that we can sing on Sunday mornings isn't always easy. Um so there were some people, um, particularly in my group, who were have written some great narrative songs. Um, and then the other main theme, which I saw coming through a lot, was um, the work of the Spirit in equipping um, the body, equipping the church. Yeah, I also found the challenge quite ch- challenging, <laughs> which is probably the point. Um, for me personally, my brain moves in a bunch of different directions all at one time. And so because Axe does cover so much ground it was really hard for me to conceptualize what I could possibly do Um, so it was really helpful to think about I think one of the options of writing a song that people might have sung in those moments in the narrative Mm. if they were to sing something kind of like a musical if we were going to break into song and dance what would we sing Um, so that helped me hone in what I was doing and Kind of similar themes that I saw in Team Lundy, as Andrew mentioned, and a lot of also just going back to the character of God and that Acts really does tell the story of what God is doing Mm. and who he is as he continues his work through his people. Um, So that was also really interesting. A couple people said, I read through the book of Acts and just by the end of it, I was just amazed in who God was. Mm. And that was the song that came out. So that was neat. Yeah, I mean, very similar. Struggled a bit myself. Um, slightly cheated by eventually finding an old version of a Pentecost hymn that I'd started last year and updating that. Um, but some really creative stuff. I mean, this isn't my chosen song, but like Polly um, and Sue did a song called Mythbusters, which is for a, a holiday club, which is you know based on just this idea of like, uh, it says the Berean Jews received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures. So they went for the whole kind of examining. So cool. there's just there is always going to be, you know, creative gems to be had. Well, we're going to um, have a swift survey of the teams. We've asked each team leader to suggest a song that we could listen to. I'll give it, or Sam and I will give it a quick introduction, um, and we'll just we'll swiftly go through those and have a listen to what's been going on this month. Carl Gladstone. Portland wrote a song called In Common, Held, and this is what Carl says. I took a prompt from ACTS to the students at Wayne State University and asked them to write down what it made them think about. These are their reflections coaxed into song. Hold, hold us together And we will hold the world Together Precious, perfect, good Remember the common things we held. 
Pete Simpson from Fitzroy Team on the Road to Gaza is his song. He was inspired by Acts 8, 26-40, the story of Philip meeting the Ethiopian eunuch on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza. And the story inspired him to think about how so many elements of that story are desperately needed today in 2024, 2,000 years later, on the same road from Jerusalem to Gaza. Different elements of the story are worked into a modern-day blues, prayer, lament and meditation. On that troubled road, on the road, on the road to Gaza. There's sadness in the land, and darkness all around. On the road, on the road to Gaza. With praises we will shout, Lord, wash away our doubt. Road to Gaza Good news about the Lord From broken empty world On the road, the road to Gaza uh, James Willis uh, was recommended by Andy uh, of the German Bite uh, team for a song called Chains. You enjoyed making that name up, didn't you, John? I didn't make it up. Uh, well, but you, you yeah, associated it. I chose it, yeah. Chose it, yeah. yeah. Um, and because uh, Andy says it has a wonderful chorus and James says that it's a song about Peter's miraculous escape from prison in Acts 12. Arrested, imprisoned in a jail selling chains while the early church gathered and earnestly prayed, an angel appeared in a great burst of light, awakening Peter with a tap on his side. Chains, they are broken, you've been set free from all of your prisons if you Next, we've got Rachel Dunn from Team Malin, and this song is called Peace Be With You, or was previously called One Body. Um, and Rachel says, I spent the first two weeks of February with people from all over the Anglican Communion, and as we worshipped together and had incredible conversations, I was so overwhelmed with a sense of the love and unity we built together, regardless of our differences. Gathering round the table together at Eucharist was particularly special. Though we are many, we are one body. How cool is that? We come together Our hearts 
Okay, uh, next is Matt Green of Team Fastnet, and he's written The Ballad of the Philippian Jailer. He's inspired by the pub that I guess his church meets in, and the story of the conversation of the Philippian Jailer in Act 16. And he imagined the jailer sitting in the pub with his friends telling the tale of the night he almost died, but instead came to faith in Christ. Cool. And given that's his starting point, he realised it's not really a congregational tune, but it was a fun exercise nonetheless. Who is the captive and who is to blame? I hold the keys while they wear the chains. Stuck in this prison, just counting the days. In the den of the dead, where dignity fades. I spent all these years convincing myself I'm just doing my job, man. These things can't be helped. I'd like to think. I'd speak up if I could, but I'm not so sure if I could that I would. Then I heard a voice echo through the hall in the cold and the dark rolls, hallelujah. And I thought to myself, man, this is absurd. How can they find the strength? Keep singing that word when they find faith. And here is Fiona Scott from Team Shannon with a song called Guide Me to the Gospel. And Fiona writes, this is more inspired by the tale of the Ethiopian eunuch rather than a retelling. Something useful to pray, sing as we come to the word of God. Guide me through this scripture, teach me in your way, that I might see passage help me trace your grace and connect the dots of your divine ways the testaments old and new all point to you the prophets the patriarchs foretell of good news come sit with me spirit unveil me some truth guide me to the gospel um, before I um, get to the the song I picked, I, w- I was just on the forum um, before we came on to do the podcast and uh, spotted a new song, which I have to give a shout out to, um, from Mike Clifford and Daniel Johnson. Oh no! Um, it's <laughs> oh no! It's called. It, well, okay, so I'll give you the. It's it's based on the tune to "Is She Really Going Out with Him." Uh, <laughs> good, good song. And and the name of the song is "Do We All Need to Get Circumcised." Um, and it oh works. My God. So I'm I'm just going to leave that with you. Go check it out. Uh, it's in Team Fisher. Um, Thank you. <laughs> um, but the song I, I, I want to uh, present today is from Emma Billington um, called To the Ends of the Earth. Um, and she wrote that she said she found um, acts really challenging. Witness as a whack, uh, acts. Start that again. She found acts uh, one, eight really challenging uh, that we should be witnesses to the end of the earth. And um, wondered if, you know, even the apostles, if Paul had moments of doubt. And um, she said, this song is trying to capture what might have been their private uh, prayers. Um, And what I love about this, firstly, is it's really singable. It's got a really beautiful melody, some beautiful chords. 
Um, but it is very devotional and at the same time very congregational. And I love the way she brings in the, the kind of narrative events from the book of Acts and kind of applies them to us in our situation. So with Team Lundy, um, I want to give a shout out to Martin Leckbush. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Martin's becoming one of my lyricist heroes this year <laughs> as I read his work. And what I love is he puts up his lyrics and then he just invites people. What what melody would you put to this? Um, and so a lot of people gave really good melodies, but his co-write that was with Ken Spence, Ken was just Spence, so exciting Spence, for me. And it and it's worth saying that I think uh, where they are up to in that co-write, um, Ken does add something that Martin, you know, came back and was like, I don't really know if I'm sure about that. And what I love about that is within co-writing, it is a give and take, and some people make suggestions, and then you kind of figure out what you want to do. So I just thought that was a really neat exchange between them and brought out a whole side of these lyrics that I never would have expected, so. Yeah. Are we ready for the moving of the Spirit of the Lord? For His howling wind and burning flame and lives to be restored Is the cost of pain or martyrdom a risk we can't afford? Let the Spirit lead the way let the Spirit lead the way All the paths we're navigating on our journey every day Let the Spirit lead the way From my team, Team Cromarty, uh, I picked out Adrian Mathena and a song called Faith in the Name, which is a song based on Acts 3, and he's trying to convey that we can see ourselves both in the lame beggar that they heal and the crowd that they preach to. So initially he didn't spend that much time on it, so he sort of um, only really posted a snippet to begin with, but then he developed it on the second version, and he shouts out Ben Trigg uh, for suggesting that he keeps it focused on the beggar, and... Uh, and so he's got a first verse about the beggar, the person in the crowd, and then Peter and John. But he couldn't seem to make that work. So he's now just focused it completely on the healing. And I just think this is a wonderful song. Mm -hmm. 
Finally, from my team, I've picked out a song by Rachel Smalley, 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 uh, mm-hmm. called Send Us Your Fire. Uh, you can guess what this is about. It's about Acts 2. And it's just packed, packed with energy in a really sort of <laughs> compelling way and finds its way into this great chorus. I just, yeah, it's unusual. It's great. Well done, Rachel. Send us your Finally, for the month of February, we need to pick a star of the month. So I've been... Well, actually, do you know what? We've got really accurate stats now, because now we've got Kieran running the whole behind-the-scenes <laughs> thing. He he, t- he tells me exactly how many comments you lot have all done. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know, team leaders, how much you're interacting. <laughs> but oh, I also boy. know is that there are some prolific people, and certainly prolific this month has been David Kai, who just has offered all kinds of really helpful, constructive feedback on, I don't know, hundreds of songs, it seems. So, well done, David Kai. You will wear the Star of the Month badge on Song Club for the next month. It's time to set a new challenge for March, and we are going to reprise a very popular challenge from 2021. We last did this uh, towards the beginning of 2021, and it is the Heroes Challenge, Hero Songs. So the simple idea here is you pick a songwriting hero and use imitation and inspiration from their style to stretch your creative boundaries somehow. Or another way of thinking of it is Imagine this person was a member of your church and wrote a song for your church. What might it sound like? I think that's quite a neat way of doing it. Um, And 
this challenge is partly uh, because uh, it's a really good challenge and I wanted to do it again this month. Little did I know that my songwriting hero was going to release his first single in 30 years or whatever it was this month. (laughs) Billy Joel. That's your namesake, isn't it, Joel? He's named after me, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Billy Joel. So I just, I think this is a really interesting story. I absolutely love this new song and not just because it's Billy Joel. I just think it's, I think it's a brilliant, it's such a Billy Joel song. But the really interesting thing about it is that most of it wasn't written by Billy Joel. So the story, I don't know if you've all seen this, is that this guy called Freddie Wexler, who's a producer, songwriter, he's worked with big name artists, he's had Grammy nominations and so on. He's quite young, he's in his um, mid-30s. Um, was It is a massive Billy Joel fan and always had been. And, and you know, Billy Joel was a big reason he got into songwriting in the first place. Um, and having had a certain amount of success in the music industry, he'd never met Billy. So his wife, for his 35th birthday, set about uh, um, arranging a meeting with Billy Joel for wow. him. So she, she being a, a music industry executive, tried all the usual channels and just couldn't get there, and eventually found her through a friend of a friend, a doctor in Long Island somewhere who knew Billy, and managed <laughs> to set up a lunch date between Freddie and Billy Joel. So they go and meet wow. for lunch... And uh, Freddie says that Billy turned up and ordered a BLT to go, so he didn't have high expectations of it. <laughs> so he said, right, I've just got to get straight in there. And anyway, this 10 minutes turned into two hours, and it and they just connected in all kinds of ways of, around songwriting. And so this is one of these experiences of meeting your hero. Um, and as a result of this, he talks Billy Joel into sending him some unfinished songs. They had that conversation, which people have had with Billy so many times over the years, which is, why did you stop writing songs? Or I think Freddie says, he said, I don't believe you finished writing songs. Um, and it's really interesting hearing Billy Joel talk about why actually he stopped, because it was tortuous for him. He's He was wow. just, you know, he's a brilliant, brilliant songwriter, but such a perfectionist in his music and his lyrics and everything else that eventually he kind of had to stop because it was... He felt like he'd run out of things to say, but actually he just couldn't bear it. So anyway, this young guy, half his age, um, says, well, how about sending me some stuff you didn't finish and we'll have a go at that and see how you go. So this relationship develops and he goes around to Billy's house and they're playing, oh, I'm so jealous, <laughs> playing songs <laughs> together. Uh, and eventually, it wasn't one of the half-finished ones, but it's actually one that Freddie had written about a year before where he says he'd actually thought to himself, what would a Billy Joel song sound? I'm going to try and write a Billy Joel song. So he did, and he wrote this Turn the Lights Back On. And when you listen to it, uh, and he then took it to Billy, who then you know co-wrote it and worked on it and so on. But I think a, a big chunk of the work was, was Freddie um, and, his, and his co-writing, a uh, couple of co-writers as well. It's a really interesting thing that he really does try to write a Billy Joel song, and he really does write a Billy Joel song, and it's brilliant, <laughs> and it's completely convincing. And then Billy Joel gets hold of it and obviously adds his voice to it. Um, it's a really cool video. Have you seen the video? There's a kind of AI thing of, um, you know, when people say AI now, they just mean computers. There's a computer thing (laughs) of Billy throughout the years sitting at his piano singing this song. So they've got him as young Billy and and, on these different phases. It's really cool. Anyway, um, so I found that very inspiring. Um, I also wept a little when I listened to this song because I realised, actually I wept quite a lot listening to this song because I just sort of realised, I think I thought I'd never hear another so and this vo- mm. his Billy's voice, for me growing up, had been such so important. I, I don't yeah. think I even realised this until it suddenly came mm. back and you heard little glimpses of those old melodies and those old harmonies and his intonation and everything else. 
Um, incredibly powerful. But what an exciting wow. thing to write a song in the style of your hero, then meet your hero, then your hero co-writes it with you and records it. So if ever, <laughs> if ever there was a month to do um, hero songs, then I think this would be a good one to do it. So I've asked, I've, I've forewarned the three of you, um, and um, just to give us an idea of who's a songwriting hero for you and what ways. I guess why and what ways could you imagine you might um, imitate them or learn from them in your writing? Why don't we start with Andrew again? Um, yeah, I mean, I loved this challenge last time around because I just felt it really unlocked something mm. um, and freeing us up to just write how we want to write and not feel like we're trying to fit kind of a mold of what worship music should sound like. Sure. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get stuck into this again. Um, and I've, I've picked a different hero this time. So last time I picked um, sort of Andrew Lloyd Webber, Alan Menken, and I wrote this kind of crazy Broadway thing. Um, and this time I've gone with um, with a worship songwriter, um, and uh, that's Paul Balosh, yeah. um, who I've, I've had the pleasure of singing with, um, you know, and he's, he's the real deal. And um, the thing I love about his songs and his approach to writing is he has he has a heart for the church and he has a heart for people singing. And I feel like a lot of his songs come from a place of devotion where I, I can just imagine him sitting there and, and he, you know, he does this on some of his um, his songwriting um, videos and stuff where he, he sort of sits there and he just plays and then lets devotion come out and then that kind of develops into a song. Um, and I think for me this month, that's, that's a good challenge because I can tend to be a bit... Um, or we need a song about this topic. We need a song about that, and it's sort of slightly academic, or, or kind of there's always a goal in mind. And so, just I, I think this month, what I want to do is, yeah, spend more time just being devotional and seeing what comes out of that. That's really cool, um, Andrew. I mean, I know you know Paul a little bit. What do you think? What are the chances? What are the chances of doing a Freddie Wexler? <laughs> oh, we might be able to. Should yeah. we set Andrew the Freddie Wexler challenge? <laughs> you tell him to meet you, order a BLT to go, and I just—I mean, what could happen from there? I tell him to send me one of his one of his unfinished. <laughs> now uh, we're talking. B sides. <laughs> that would be fun, though, wouldn't it? You could say you can if you need to. You say Joel Payne, who's a, you won't have heard of, but he's a big deal. Has told me I've got to do this. <laughs> Report back. I'll, I'll give it a go. Okay. Um, Elise, how about you? Yeah, um, so my hero last time was Emmylou Harris. And so I was like, oh, who can I pick this time? And it really is Carol King. Oh, come on. I mean, Carol King is probably my biggest hero when it comes to that. But it's funny how, you know, sometimes we make heroes into our own image or what we think about them. So I decided to look a little bit more into who Carol King is and what her journey and story was like. There's this great book called um, Songwriters on Songwriting. It's mm. by Paul Zolo, if anyone's read it. Um, but he interviews songwriters and asks them about their songwriting process. And one of the things that I didn't realize, and I probably should have realized this, was that Carol King actually did a lot of her writing in co-writing relationships. And so it was like King and Goffin before Lennon McCartney. And they were her, um, Lennon McCartney really looked up to them and wanted to be the next Goffin King, which is hilarious to me to hear that. Um, and she also was more on the musical side. She did a lot more of the music and then Goffin wrote a lot of the lyrics and 
um, and that continued. But what I've always been drawn to her story is that she really stayed in the background for for the beginning of her career. And it was through the encouragement of the creative community that actually she started stepping out into doing more of her stuff, especially with her friendship with James Taylor. Um, and so when I look at the songs where she has written the lyrics, which for her were always a struggle and she tried to grow in, um, they're really accessible and she's not afraid of leaving space. So mm -hmm. my background is a lot of hymnody, where the big thing is like, you don't breathe until the phrase is done. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've given that comment to people on my team, which I'm sure annoys them a lot. Um, but then if I, when I look at Carol King's writing, I mean, one of her songs that she wrote that James Taylor actually popularized, but she was the one who wrote it was, you've got a friend. Mm. And so you look at the first phrase, when you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing, nothing is going right. That's five breaths. We have not reached the period, folks. Like, <laughs> we are still going in the phrase. But, but you, you keep the phrase in your head and it doesn't lose the meaning. She breathes really naturally. And um, so I'm kind of taking that as a challenge for me. I tend to be very wordy both in speaking and in lyric writing. Um, so I'm, I'm really gonna try to write a little bit more simply this month um, and bringing in internal rhymes a lot. I focus mm -hmm. a lot on my ending rhymes, but she has a lot of internal rhymes and, and who knows? We'll see what happens. The other thing she also talked about in this book was um, how she doesn't get stressed out by creative blocks and I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I can be a little bit of an anxious person and I really like to plan. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it stresses me out if I'm working on a song and it's not done by the end of the day. I know that sounds dumb, but I fixate. And um, she was just saying she walks away from her songs and does something else and then comes back later. So I might try to incorporate that into just my regular practice, not just the songwriting practice. Mm. So. That's really cool. Uh, my one will be uh, Paul Simon. Um, if you had to put a gun to my head and say, who's your songwriting hero? I think I would say Paul Simon. Um, and I've been thinking a bit, a few sort of things about his writing. Uh, he tends to have quite a distinctive guitar part. Yeah. Um, so you could almost listen to the guitar part like as an instrumental. Uh, it tends to be quite melodic. Um, even if you think back to like Sound of Silence, you know, it's, it's, a, it's just a, quite an iconic um, guitar part and then he sort of finds the vocal on top of that um, He, I read about him saying he uses a lot of repetition of lines which aren't the title so um, if you know the song ah. Hearts and Bones he repeats the line the arc of a love affair quite a lot of time even though the arc of a love affair isn't the title but it is kind of the key to the song that's what the song's about um Similarly with Call Me Al, it's, you know, a man walks down the street. Every verse starts with a man walks down the street. Um, and again, that's that's key to the song. So I might try and do a bit of that. And she's just a brilliant storyteller. Yeah. You know, um, there's a song called Darling Lorraine, uh, where he tells the whole, I mean, it is the, it's the arc of a marriage, actually, um, told over a few verses. And it's this heartbreaking story of, you know, a couple meeting and then falling out and then you know, the last days of their lives. And it's just told in a few short verses. So I don't know if maybe I could try and do that. Probably not, but um, hey. give it a go. Well, we're, set, we're setting the bar high, aren't we? But we've got to say, <laughs> it's all right. The point here is not to 
the point is to learn from imitation, to try things out. Don't copy every aspect of somebody. Although I do no. remember um, last time, uh, who was it? Um, Nick Chambers, who was who taken part a couple of years ago, he did a song in the style of the tallest man on earth. You're all going to look at me with blank faces now, aren't you? I love that guy. I love the tallest man on earth. But he sang it exactly like the tallest man on earth in his first version as a bit of a joke. Like, this is really good. So he's gone on, oh, no, okay. And then so he turned it into a proper song by literally yeah. copying, you know, just trying to literally sound like him and then brought it back a bit more towards Nick. So my songwriting here, I'm not actually going to do Billy Joel. I did Billy last time. And um, I'm going to do, I'm going to see what I can learn from Justin Curry of Delamitri. You've heard of Delamitri, Sam? Yeah. Elise is going to look them up. You're always the last to know. Come on. <laughs> Um, anyway, they're a sort of a band who were a Scottish band, quite big in the eighties and nineties, and really uh, just my kind of when I want to go back and listen to albums of stuff I used to love, I very often go back to Delamitri. Uh, the songs are written by Justin Curry, and they are melodic and they are poppy um, in a kind of guitar-led band, um, and they all. I, I've actually just noticed. I've just been googling while you two, while you've been talking, and um, you know, there's a Soda Jerker episode, and there are some things like Soda Jerker, S O D A G E J E R K E R, and Song Exploder are a couple of really good podcasts where they get songwriters on to talk about their their process. So that if you've got a, if you've got a hero, or if you haven't got a hero and you just want to pick one, go and find one of those. So I'm going to check mm. that out. But the, also, so many of the um, the song titles are this little phrase that you think must have been the first thing he wrote because it's um uh, exactly always the last to know that's where the song lands every time always mm. the last to know it's always there or kiss this thing goodbye that's where he lands ah not where it's at you know the little phrase where it's at kiss this thing that's the landing of the song so i'm going to try this time to write my little landing phrase first and try and work outwards from that i don't think i ever really know where a song is going when i start it <laughs> so i think this that could be quite an interesting challenge so I, I need a really cool little phrase if anyone's got a really cool little phrase that i could land the song on uh, i'm up for it <laughs> to give it a go but i'm also <laughs> going to try and find it i've got to try and get this kind of melody which has more kind of you know a few more leaps and moves in it and so on a really sort of melodic style let's see what comes out this is going to be fun isn't it Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So when you uh listen dear listener, when you do your song, um I just a few things to say. They you'll have heard already. They don't have to be Christian or church songwriters. Um but do try and write a song for church, if that makes sense. So we're still gonna focus in on the congregational thing, but just imagine this person is writing a congregational song and see see where it takes you. We know inevitably that not all songs are going to make it there this month. That's okay as well. But, you know, try try and head in that direction. Um, and if you don't have any heroes, and there will be some people who say, oh, I don't have any heroes. I'm like, well, don't, that's fine. Just pick someone. Pick, you know, pick someone <laughs> average. But use, but practice imitation. Just pra find yeah. somebody and find somebody you can have a go at copying and learning from. And you can copy their turns of phrase. You can copy their approach. You could nick the chords from a chorus. You could do, There's a whole range of things you could do. Um, I would probably counsel just try and pick an aspect or a couple of aspects and don't try and mould the entire thing. But 
you know you've got to you've got to work what you can do and when you post your song on the on the song club forum put the name of the hero in brackets after it on the title and then we will know that'll be really nice i think you will then find people will scroll through the list and they will click on your song because um, they'll be like oh i love that person i want to go and see what they've done um so how does that sound should we do it awesome yay yay well, thank you very much, Andrew and Elise, for joining us on the podcast. Um, thank you. Been a pleasure. And all that remains for us is I'm going to introduce the featured song. And this time it is a song from the Journey to Resurrection album that we mentioned at the beginning um, of the podcast. Uh, and this song is called Gethsemane. And it's by Susan Goforth and David Hill of this parish. Yay. Until yeah. next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This place we call Gethsemane